I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to week four. Five of Discovery's Ups and Downs for Season 3. I'm Sean Ferrick. Thanks very much for coming back and joining us again. Or if it's your first time here, you're very welcome. If it's your first time here, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go through the episode. We're going to give everything that we liked an up. We're going to give everything that we didn't like a down. Clues in the name, so that's all fine. We're going through Starter Discovery Season 3, Episode 5, Die Trying. Let's go! We get straight into it this week, and this is what we've been waiting for since Discovery arrived in the future. They're going to Starfleet Headquarters. Now, as yet, we don't know where Starfleet Headquarters is, what it comprises of, what it even looks like. We're sort of assuming that it's going to be on a planet. That's what we've seen before. It's always been on Earth, around San Francisco, around that beautiful, ageless Golden Gate Bridge. But... That's not what we're getting this week because Adira, thanks to the memories of Senatal, is able to give them the algorithm that they need to jump to Starfleet Headquarters, which is kind of a big wibbly donut. So it's it's obviously cloaked and that's cool. So Treaty of Algeron, that's gone. And it's, how would you describe it? It is sort of like a force field, sort of like a, a cloaking device, sort of like the interior of the Borg cube from Star Trek First Contact, where you've got that central column once you get through. Detmer again shows a little bit of anticipation about flying into something again. She's getting just a little bit sick of that this season. Who could blame her? But they pass through and first up of the episode, we get to see new ships. We get to see 32nd century technology. We have one that reminds me very much of the Zindi reptilian ship from Enterprise. It has the long tail fins, if you like, that come out the back. We've got another one that's got detached nacelles. Best of luck, Eagle Moss. We have another one with holographic exteriors. We have one that, as Tilly refers to, as a floating rainforest. But of course, those are not the ships that we're all waiting to talk about. There's two ships straight away. One is a blink and you'll miss it one. It reminds me very much of the Axiom from WALL-E and it's the USS Nog, which is of course a tribute to the late great Aaron Eisenberg. It was just lovely just to see him remembered like that a thousand years in the future. And Nog, the first Ferengi in Starfleet is still very much remembered. And that was nice. But you know what else was nice? NCC 74656 
J. It is the USS Voyager. It is a descendant of Captain Janeway's ship. It is in fact confirmed as a 32nd century variant on the Intrepid class. You've got a... The, the dorsal section kind of reminds you somewhat of the saucer section for Voyager, but also mixed a little bit with Prometheus, that arrowhead shape. The fact that it's taken almost a thousand years to get to J, for a second that stood out because we know that in the 26th century, Enterprise had reached J. But when you think about it, that's not all that surprising. Ships named Enterprise tend to have a high mortality rate. Whereas Voyager went through everything it went through in the Delta Quadrant and came home roughly without a scratch. So yeah, I've no problem believing that it took 10 generations or so to get to Jay when it comes to Voyager. This whole scene, absolutely stunning. Up. Second up of the episode is going straight to Oded Fair, who is guest starring this week. Now, the eagle-eyed, it took me a second, but the eagle-eyed will remember him from the Great Mummy films, starring Brendan Fraser. There are no others since the 90s. He is brilliant as Admiral Vance because he, he acts exactly the way you would expect an admiral to act. If you've got a ship rock up from what they claim is the past, I'm not giving them the keys to the castle straight away. I don't know these people. I've got an entire Starfleet to worry about here and the security of the Federation. And these guys who are effectively driving up in a horse and cart, from my point of view, yeah, I'm not trusting them with anything. He's as warm as I think you would be in this situation. He, I think, is placated a little bit by the fact that Tal, the Tal symbiont, has arrived with them. I think that went a good deal toward getting them in the door, to be honest. And he's not rude, but he's not exactly welcome my friends either. You know, Saru appreciates this, Burnham less so, but Burnham's always had a bit of a problem with the chain of command. And he talks to them straight. He says that they're gonna go through def debriefings, which they should. And then he says the thing that surprises them is that they're probably gonna requisition Discovery and reassign the crew. Now, I think that sticks in everybody. Nobody really wants that. Um, we've not seen that before in a Star Trek iteration, not a massive reassignment like that. So, so yeah, we're a little bit nervous because they are very much a part of Starfleet now. Starfleet has every right to reassign them if they want to. You know, they have, they've not gone rogue. They're not going to do their own missions in the 32nd century that we know of. So they will have to submit to that chain of command. But before that, Admiral Vance, he was a very, very, very good example of what the Admiralty in the 32nd century would be like. Yep, for me, definitely an up. Now, having said that, he is involved in my first down of the episode. And a down is going to stop dragging out the burn. It's not interesting enough. Yes, this massive thing has happened between the past and the future. Starfleet and in fact many of the other races in the galaxy have been decimated by this, to use the Trill's word from last week. Hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of lives have been lost. Yes, that is incredibly interesting. However, in the context of where they are in the show, that's like talking about the effect of the Crimean War on 2020. Look, I'm totally cool. I, I want to know what the burn is, but they are deliberately padding it out. And it's a little bit inconsistent. At the start, 
you have Admiral Vance saying we're not at liberty to discuss and I'm fine with that that's that's not an issue but at the end of the episode to to skip to the end just a little bit when he's talking to them again and they've earned his trust a little bit he flips from we're not at liberty to discuss to uh ah. and that's kind of it you know we have a few theories and it's like oh okay that was worth it. My concern, the reason this is a down for me this week, my concern is that this is going to be every flipping episode between now and the end of the season. And it's just not compelling enough. G give us another couple of mysteries. Where is Dr. Burnham? That's a mystery that's compelling. Okay? That's, that's something that I would really, really like to see. They're introducing this mystery of what does the lullaby mean? Okay. Yeah, I'm on board with that. And... The burn's not going to be enough. Hopefully next week or potentially even the week after we'll get a bit of a better answer as to what the burn is. But for the moment it's getting it down. Stop dragging it out. Bold. The crew then is told that they're going to go through debriefing which is absolutely right. They should be. We get some pretty funny scenes but we also get one start of a scene. So my good friend Chris throw it down in there for the start of Giorgio's interrogation. She blinks the holograms off. Eh. I, no, no, just no, sorry. That's, that's a down from me. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. However, now, before anybody starts to think that I've really got it in for Giorgio this season, that is not the case because, Chris, if you wouldn't mind terribly, throwing up in here for Giorgio and Kovic, but I'm not calling him Kovic anymore, I'm calling him his right name, it's David Bloody Cronenberg, sit there and have just a two-hander scene, and it is brilliant. He is totally deadpan. She absolutely points out the fact that, is he like, the third person in all of Star Trek to wear glasses, which is cool. He just says, eh, they make me look smart. Brilliant. But the scene between them, it's, it's very, very good because it's very rare that we've seen anyone, when I say equal Giorgio, I mean that they exist. He's not afraid of her. He's not, you know, kind of kowtowing to her. And really, you kind of get the impression from him that Take it or leave it, I don't really care. I could be somewhere else today. She tries initially to do the usual, 
I'm so bad, ha <laughs> look at me go, give me a scone. But he just deadpan answers each of her points with a fact about her universe and he manages to get in what seems like a little bit of a dig because it says her universe effectively started going to hell after she left and she's very visibly bothered by this. There is a statement in this episode that people's weaknesses are other people and this is where it starts to become a little bit obvious that Giorgio has weaknesses. She hides them very, very well. She hides them behind bravado and she hides them behind that nonsense that we've seen. That That's fine. But we know she cares for Burnham. Cronenberg quizzes her on it. She doesn't say it to him, but he knows. And even as he's able to give her a little bit of information as it goes, she's, she's by the way, she's upset by this. Now that final scene with Giorgio and Burnham stops her in the hallway, or more, more like she stopped herself in the hallway, it's it's very obvious that there's something on her mind. Now, it seems to me there was something more than just something on her mind. I mean, she was really out of it. But it could just be that she was off in, a, in her own different mental place. But finally, finally, we are getting an actual story with Giorgio. Now, I've been burned by Discovery. I have a feeling that this might disappear for a couple of weeks, but I'm quietly optimistic. I would like to see this become a thing. So this, so far, this is an up from me. Now, speaking of these debriefings, we have, I think, the dream team of the week, which is Jet Reno, Sylvia Tilly, and Paul Stamets. Really, really like their banter together. But even before that, we have the great debriefing scenes. We have Reno, first thing she's doing is looking for food, but she gets the great line of, Burnham found me on the asteroid just after Captain Pike came as well. That was raining Starfleet officers. So let's talk snacks. Really good. Really, really funny. Obviously, Tignataro, delighted to see her again. Great that she's back. Tilly starts talking about her time as Captain Killy, which is just great. I didn't love the Mirror Universe episodes, but I did really like her in those episodes. So great to see her again, just being fantastic. And I love Stamets' reaction to, so would you consider yourself essential personnel? He's effectively the warp core of Discovery. Yeah, pretty essential. But even a little bit later on, they're working under the supervision of Lieutenant Willa, guest star Vanessa Jackson this week, who is starting to see what is going on on this ship. Because of course, all chain of command has really broken down between Stamets, Reno and Tilly. They get the job done, but it's a very informal, you know, well duh is thrown out there and other such statements. Willa is looking around going, okay, I'd probably be caned if I spoke to my superiors that way. And, you know, she appreciates, this is a kind of a general warming of this quite cold character in the beginning, that, no, no, they get stuff done this way. Stamets says, you know, we've we've just got used to it now. We've, we've, we're okay with how this works. To which Reno just goes, no, 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 we're not. No, no, but I can tell you, I am, so Reno, Stamets, and Killy, Freudian slip. We'll come back to that one. But Reno, Stamets, and Tilly this week, up. The kind of featured, if you like, you know, regular character who gets something to do, obviously, is Nan this week. She is a Barzan, so she goes with Burnham and Culber over to the Tikov, which is the generational seed ship. They need to get an original sample of a very specific flower from, I really like this idea of this kind of, you know, it's a museum 
and safe house of all the types of seeds in the Federation. Uh, why it was parked outside an ion storm, who knows? They go over and there is supposed to be a caretaker family of Barzans. Nan is delighted to realise that in between the time that she left and the time that she's arrived, Barzan has joined the Federation. Also a little nod there, Saru is delighted to find out that Kaminar also joined the Federation. So this is this is good news. So she goes and she meets Dr. Atis. Even there's obviously a little bit of trying to figure out what's happened with him. There's been a pathogen, unfortunately, his his lovely family has been killed. He's been driven somewhat mad trying to save them. And so Nan elects to stay behind. Now Chris, I'm going to ask you to put it down there for that. Now, the reason I'm putting it down there for that, I, I, I've seen reaction to say, oh, it was so emotional. It was such a lovely moment. And it, and it was emotional. But why are they getting rid of her so quickly. Now, I don't believe for one second that this is the last we'll see her. That, that's not my point. It's she's already becoming quite a good integral member of the Discovery crew. So to waylay her at this station, at this point in the series, it just seems a little bit out of the blue. And also she keeps going on about Arium's sacrifice and, and how she deserves to honor Arium's sacrifice. Okay, they knew each other for about 20 seconds, but okay, listen, we all handle grief differently. It just, it just came a little bit out of the, out of nowhere, out of the blue, that her drive to see her home is so much stronger than this duty that she's been talking about since the end of the second season. It just, it was a little bit jarring. Now, uh, happy happy to recant this if later on in the season turns out it was absolutely essential and, you know, much like the Enterprise swooping in in season one, the planet Barzan sweeps in later on. Totally cool with that, that's fine. For now, it's a down, possibly, selfishly, it's cause I'll miss her. So, please come back, please. The whole reason that they have to go to the Teacob is they have to get this very specific seed from this very specific plant, from this very specific f uh, planet. And it's housed on this ship, okay, great. And this ship is many, many light years away, Okay, yep, get there in Discovery. All of that, fine. However, I have an issue right at the very beginning. Okay, so if all of Starfleet's fauna is being kept on this one ship, right? First of all, security risk. But second of all, would that not be catalogued? You know, the different breakdowns of all of these be stored in the Federation's database? And did we just lose replicators? Now, whatever, I'm okay with them not traveling to the ship. That's fine, that makes sense. But could they not replicate what they need? As we have seen many, many times in Star Trek before, replicating flowers. So so that, to me, that was that was my first thing. I, I could have, I was on the fence a little bit about whether to up or down that one. But what pushes it into the down side is when they come back, and I want to be really, really clear that in my opinion, Dr. Kolber can do no wrong, okay? It is frightening the lengths that I would go to to prove that Dr. Kolber is brilliant. However, from, the, from Starfleet's point of view, Dr. Kolber is a medical practitioner from a millennium ago. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not letting anyone from the 11th century near me. All right, nothing personal, but 
Absolutely not. So to see him straight away being told, yeah, you have a medical license, that's totally fine. You can, you know, put this, put this antidote into this refugee of the Keeley. That to me, it just, it was a little bit too much. Does that sound like nitpicking? Maybe it's nitpicking, you know, especially because I love Culber. We all love Culber, but I love Culber more. But it's just that thing. It's, they don't feel as out of time as I feel they they should. Yes, the ships look great, to totally fine with that. But even allowing for a regression after the burn, that's basic. Again, that's, that's letting an 11th century doctor into a 21st century hospital. You just wouldn't do it. So that and the fact that they've broken all their replicators and they've deleted all their files of flowers, the whole medical side of this episode gets a down from me. Now, I'm delighted to say that that's it for the downs. I have one more up to give. So up and it's Saru. Again, maybe maybe I'm, I'm beating a dead horse on this one when I say just how good Doug Jones is in this season. And eventually I will stop hero worshipping the guy. No, I won't. But, you know, as long as I keep getting away with it, I'm going to keep doing it. And he's so good in this episode. He keeps us cool. He is absolutely respective of the chain of command. A little more so than Burnham is. Of course, Burnham gets a little bit of allowance. She's been a year on her own not serving superiors. So she gets a little bit of allowance for that one. But he has to remind her. And in fact, he says, this is a lesson that you of all people should have learned by now. And that's a really gentle way. It's, it's, it's having a dig, but it's also just reminding her of, what she's been through, what they've all been through, that they are here together. Uh, she makes a statement like, we can we can get our hands on, and he stops her and says, get our hands on? That's not what we do, that's not Starfleet. He is the most Starfleet of all of the officers that are really on show in this season so far. So once again, for me, Saru, massive up. He understands the stakes, he elects to stay behind, not because he doesn't want to go on the mission, but because he knows Starfleet are gonna need collateral they need trust and at the end he is able to convince Admiral Vance let them have discovery not because it's our ship we want it but it's because they want to prove themselves but also they know how to operate this ship and they can go and start getting to see the other worlds in the Federation see how people really are. Saru is the perfect captain for what this season needs. He's the perfect foil for Burnham. Burnham is you know shaky but still learning her still learning her, her her learns that sentence lost me i really really like it saru gets an up i'm quietly optimistic again hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.